Look at that. It's rolling. I know. Thank God there's editing capabilities these days. Right? I know. <laughs> hey, Bill. Hey, Carla. It's so good to be back in the studio with you. This is so fun. I've missed this. We are back. It's very exciting. And by studio, we mean in our own spaces still. We're back to talk about movies that talk about school. Yeah, we are. And uh, not only are we talking about Stand and Deliver today, but we need to talk about Rushmore. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. I am so excited to report that in my travels to visit schools early this fall, my in-person travels, that I had the incredible opportunity to actually be on the St. John's campus, which is where Rushmore which was, I think, our podcast number five, um, was filmed. And it was so exciting. And, of course, I totally fangirled out. And the incredible assistant head of school, Chris Curran, took me on a tour of all the great Rushmore spots. She took me to the office where the general's photo was hanging. No way. Yeah, she took me to the the quads and the places where, you know, the guy was hanging from the tree. And, oh, it was so good. And, of course, the the drive where – um, Bill Murray drops Max Fisher off and all that good stuff. So I was just so fun. And we'll post some of the pictures on our, on our page. That is awesome. <laughs> That's too funny. Well, I mean like pivoting into this show, right? Like next time I go to visit my parents down in Los Angeles ish, I'll have to drive to Garfield high school. Yeah. Well, we've been talking about this movie forever. For a long time. <laughs> talking about talking about it. I think talking about, yeah. And now we get to actually talk about it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I hadn't seen it in some time, and uh, and it was interesting having um, certainly worked at Hillbrook for a long time that I consider to be a progressive school, um, and looking at at really what the values were at uh, at Garfield High School and the values I think also of the movie. Yeah. Right? So we're, we're going to dig into that kind of as we go, but that um, it was a different movie for me this time around for sure. Oh gosh. Well, I mean, do you want to just start? With the vitals, some of the vitals of Stand and Deliver. All right. This comes to us from IMDb. Biopic of high school teacher Jaime Escalante, whose approach to teaching inspired his students and colleagues. He gave up a job as an engineer to take a job at Garfield High School in East Los Angeles. The school is on the verge of being decertified by the school district due to poor academic results. And Escalante's philosophy is that students will respond to expectations. And those at the school are so low that they perform poorly. It goes on. We're only like a third of the way through. I think we'll just kind of stop it right there. <laughs> like a, yeah. That's not I mean, a plot summary. That's like the actual plot. <laughs> well, yeah. Of course, the key is, is that he decides he's going to teach these kids, you know, AP calculus. Um, and no one expects him to be able to do it. And sure, he does, sure. right? So yeah. that that's kind of the, the long and short of it. Yeah. So, you know, you had notes that this was uh, at Garfield High School. They did not film it at Garfield High School across the street at Roosevelt High School. Total rival of Garfield High School, too. Yeah. Um, it was yeah. filmed in 19... Uh, it, was, it was released in 1988. And I thought this was kind of interesting, just given that uh, a year later, we see Dead Poets Society, which was, of course, our number two pick. So these two yeah. films are contemporaries and, you know, there's so much overlap between these two characters with one exception, which is Jaime Escalante is actually a real person. <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah. And, and he talked about it, uh, that this movie was 90% truth, 10% drama. Mm-hmm. 
So yeah. I, I guess we're supposed to think that this is pretty, pretty accurate. I mean, there, there are definitely inaccuracies or dramatizations, but uh, for the most part, Jaime Escalante did you know, inspire these students to take the AP calculus. The timing was a little off, but overall, sure, sure. it's nice to watch the movie and feel like a lot of what you're watching is actually true because you want to believe it so badly, right? Right, right. Yeah. Well, yeah. So, you know, it starts off, we have a, a beautiful lake. Like out of focus, I'm like ah, and then it pans up. It's like ah, it's the Los Angeles River. You tricked us. Uh, we are not looking at a beautiful lake. Um, no. Yeah, which is almost always just empty. So it's funny just to even see water in Los Angeles River that just cuts right through the heart of the city. Um, and it, it starts off with the police report, right? At the school, like, right? At the school, right? That's our introduction to the school, which is. Um, Certainly one way to introduce us to a school, right? A pretty biased way, but also a pretty effective, quick way of saying this is the world we're living in. Right? Yeah. And do you remember what the police report is about? Yeah. So <laughs> that there's fecal matter. <laughs> right? Great. Yeah. So right in a way, you know, you know, the context of the school. It is not Welton Academy. <laughs> no, no, right? no, it you is are not. Inner yeah. city, Los Angeles. Poor Jaime wants to teach computers. He's now teaching math. And, uh, and he jumps right in with the fall spell. Can you imagine that being your first day? Actually, I could imagine that being a teacher's first day, first yeah. moment on the job. It just is perfect. Yeah, the, the bell, the kids are messing with the bell system. He's in there for like five minutes and the bell goes off and they all leave. Might as well. <laughs> right, right. And then following up with something that I actually thought was much worse, like he leans into one of the students and he goes, Is it true intelligent people make better lovers? Like, who says that to high school kids? I don't, I think that that is, that is a poor choice. Well, let's just, let's just talk about Edward James Olmos' performance of Jaime Escalante. I mean, it has got to be brilliant. And I'm so curious if he was as quirky and in some cases inappropriate, as inappropriate as he is throughout this movie in, in both in terms of the references he makes, but often sometimes even like pushing the kids a little bit to the brink of, you know, right, really right. hitting them where it hurt in order to mm-hmm. kind of get them to, to be mo- motivated. Yeah. I'm curious about that too. Of course he was nominated for an Academy award for this. Uh, he didn't mm-hmm. win, but he was nominated for best actor for his performance. And it is, yeah. it is brilliant. Yeah. Well, when one of my tricks watching movies, when I feel like I'm, not watching an actor, but just kind of when I find myself getting bored almost with a character, it's like, oh, wait, this is not the actual person. This is an actor playing the person. Okay, they're very good at their thing. Yeah. Right? And more than once, I was just kind of watching a teacher do his thing. I was like, why would you say that as a teacher? Right. This is an actor in a movie. Right. So it just, you know, his performance was fantastic. It, it definitely felt authentic as a you know high school teacher in the 80s. Yeah. He starts the day with that horrible day challenges and then the next scene that you see him in the classroom is is really almost a complete pivot right yeah he he has this moment where he's teaching the kids he he learns how to dial into them he kind of meets them with a lot of humor um and a little hands-on learning he cuts up some apples and is trying to get them to think about percentages and fractions using these apples and i I think the kids are so stunned they don't even really know what to do because they've never really had a teacher who's approached them that way. Well, sure. I mean, I love the idea of bringing the apples and doing some hands-on. But again, I wonder about 
like the <laughs> professional discernment to bring this giant butcher knife, <laughs> right? Like that, again, that feels like not a great choice on his part. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, mm-hmm. I wonder if that part really happened. Um, but that scene right after the apples, you know, which is like a, you know, a good lesson um, was the finger man. You know, I think yeah. when people think of this movie, you know, you like, yeah, exactly. Wiggling the fingers. Finger man. I heard about you. Are you the finger man? I'm the finger man too. You know what I can do? I know how to multiply by nine. Nine times three. One, two, three. What do you got? 27. Six times nine. One, two, three, four, five, six. What do you got? 54. Yeah. You want a hard one? How about eight times nine? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. What do you got? 72. Just love, love the interaction with Finger Man. Um, <laughs> but then also, like with my teacher hat, I looked at that and just like, it's kind of demeaning. Right. You know, like he was definitely like poking fun at this student in front of everybody. Like, mm-hmm. oh, you don't care? Like, mm-hmm. you know, let me embarrass you in front of everybody, which is not a great strategy. Um, you know, I get it. Like earlier in my career, I did kind of versions of that. Um, you know, and part of it is that I think we take characters like this and put them on pedestals. Right. So early career teachers look at this and go, oh, like that's effective teaching. Mm-hmm. Right. Humiliating one student to kind of make a point. And then everyone else is like, okay, two things like I'm going to fall in line. And then also like that was kind of entertaining for the rest of us, you know, <laughs> but you definitely don't want to be that person for that reason, which, which is definitely an adversarial approach to being a teacher. Well, he has some really unconventional methods um, in general. And that was supposedly true about Escalante that he actually was pretty controversial as a teacher. And there's the scene where he's doing the word problems and he's using, you know, gigolos. Juan has five times as many girlfriends as Pedro. Carlos has one girlfriend less than Pedro. If the total number of girlfriends between them is 20, how many does each gigolo have? (laughs) And the kids, you know, they love it. They think it's funny. Um, right, and yet right. it's totally inappropriate. And sure. he's able to sort of meet the kids where they are in order to get them to be into math, right? And then yeah, the same yeah, way no, that, like, in the same way that like Keating got the kids into poetry and Dead Poet mm-hmm. Society, he was like, Let's 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 really learn to love math and we're gonna do it not by standing on our desks and you know you know, whatever. Keating does with the kids and dead poets, but instead really just kind of dialing into how he can get them to love math. Yeah, no, absolutely. Right. And even the next day, he it's kind of questionable what he calls everybody where we have finger man. He adds net head to it. <laughs> like, oh. And then he leans in and whispers, minus two plus two equals break your neck like a toothpick. It's like, which teacher says that? <laughs> Again, I don't recommend uh, saying that to students, but then, you know, maybe like he was just trying to connect with them. Well, it's interesting that you talk about the hair, the hairnet, uh, the hairnet Mm -hmm. comment. Um, I, I love Lou Diamond Phillips as, um, as Angel Guzman. And, you know, he's really a very specific character type. Um, He's kind of embodying that sort of cholo culture, which was very um, popular in the 1980s, especially it really started in East LA and then it really spread. And it was this really interesting culture of really trying to sort of um, take back the sort of um, the Mexican image um, for 
some of the um, immigrants, po- immigrant populations that um, were sort of living in, in East, East LA at the time. And it was, I grew up in New Mexico and it was a very big cultural sort of very popular culture in, in Albuquerque as well. And there's this great scene when, uh, when Angel goes to his house uh, with his mm-hmm. grandmother sort of later in the film. And, and he's trying to prove that he had really been with his sick grandmother at one point. And Jaime Escalante, it's right around Christmas time, he goes, Birthday of Christmas, a cholo came to me. And it was so great. It was such a great thing because, you know, the kids that um, Angel hung around with, really wore the cholo garb with the flannel shirts and the hairnets and the bandanas. And uh, it was, you know, they were sort of the tough guys and it was all yeah. about trying to not look cool. They look so cool and not look smart. Right. And of right, course right. he was getting totally sucked in to all of the math. <laughs> well, right. And you know, if we continue going chronologically, that was the next day, right after he called him nethead. Then, you know, <laughs> afterwards angel stays after class and he gives him three different books. Take one home one for your class. Wait, this one's broken. One for your lockers. Nobody sees you carrying them around. It's little moments like that that are so easy to gloss over, but really were like, like that was a really, really big deal for that character. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, he didn't want to have to carry the books around, right? Right, right. Had to keep up his yeah. image, but. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I actually thought, you know, it was interesting. There was sort of the portrayal of school um, mm-hmm. in the film, but I also loved all the small bits in the students' homes. We were yeah. really getting a chance to see them uh, as individuals uh, and their families. We see Anna working in her family restaurant mm-hmm. and see what that's like to really have, you know, a restaurant where everybody in the family participates. That was a great moment. And an expectation that you maybe aren't going to even finish high school, right? Like, Sure, sure. Right. I mean, Jaime yeah. has to come in and really convince her dad to let her come back to school. He wants her to go yeah. work in the family business. And she's really like this incredible student, right? You know, such a great reminder about our students have lives outside of our school mm-hmm. and then really just trying to get to know those students for us. Right. So that it wasn't just, you know, East L.A. inner city school. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's more to the students. I really like that part. And there were some other scenes where you really saw what some of these students were up against in their home lives, yep. um, whether they were taking care of younger siblings. They had parents who worked at night. They were in very small quarters that had very little place to study, um, Mm -hmm. which is all very, very accurate, especially for families in underserved communities, in poorer communities where, you know, you're really expected to show up for the family and be there. And you saw that with these students. They had many, many different responsibilities. Angel takes care of his, basically lives with his grandmother and takes care of her. Um, And so, and uh, their lives are very, very complex. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and they're trying to fit AP calculus into all of that. Right, right. Well, and I love that that quote right after that that Angel gives us um, where he just kind of had a, a bit of a breakdown, right? And uh, and our teacher's just like getting frustrated with him. And he's just like, read the book. And then finally Angel goes, you know, this doesn't make sense unless you show us how it works in the real world. And that line, I think more than any, like really – just hit the nail on the head of like why so many students check out of math and ultimately why I stopped taking math in college. Right. So at one point, I don't know if I ever told you this, I, I was um, a materials engineer for two years mm-hmm. for my undergrad. It was just like, this is hard and it's supposed to be hard and you're going to study a lot and we're not going to help you. I'm just like, 
why am I in this class? Right. And then in math, I was just like, keep doing kind of the next page of the textbook. You know, I, I ended up getting like calculus four and loved it, but nobody ever said to me ever in math, we're learning this because you're going to learn this and you can use it for that. You know, I'm sure like, my goodness, like looking back at past bill, you know, 20 plus years ago, you know, like taking calculus four, I'm sure it applies to all kinds of things in the real world. And I still have no idea, Yeah. you know, even if I could like, you know, review some, some lessons or videos or textbooks or something, um, I'm like, Oh, I learned how to do this. How come I never actually did this thing in the real world? Um, you know, and, and I think the, the big downside and, and a big reason I am not a fan of advanced p- placement classes is there's not enough time right. to actually talk about application. It's just like for me, certainly in AP calculus in high school, it was just the next page in the book. Mm-hmm. Like this class exists for you to pass the test, mm-hmm. you know, and why are we learning it? Because that's the next page in the book. And I think that that's not a good answer for teachers to ever give. No. And, and sometimes if you challenge a teacher and say, show me this, how this applies, they, they make it sound like you don't find it important just in and of itself. And that's not it. Sometimes it's about actually enhancing your comprehension of what you're doing too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. You know, and we've definitely seen a big shift with that. Are you following the hashtag on Twitter, MitBoss, oh, no. MTBOS? No, I will. Uh, so it stands, it's one of the goofiest names you'll ever hear, the Math Twitter Blogosphere. And it's one of the most active Twitter communities. They're all math educators. Um, and they, for the most part, have all just found each other and are doing pretty innovative stuff. You know, I heard like Dan Meyer keynote talking about, you know, ways to really have math come alive. Um, you know, thinking of like John Stevens book about, um, it's like a kitchen themed book oh, around cool. math, you know, and, and doing like Barbie zip line with students, <laughs> you know, so there's, there's for sure ways to, to have math come alive. Um, but I think it's having other educators sharing, here's what I've done. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the absence of that, we end up getting, you know, movies like stand and deliver that are like AP calculus, you know, like, and I'm going to tie this right into our movie. Like the next day was in the teacher's lounge where he's like, I want to teach calculus. Well, they won't be able to do that. We'll do summer school. They won't be able to do that. We'll also do Saturdays. Right. Just like it goes straight to like teaching literally to the test. Right. I want them to pass this. And like, I, I get the college credit was, was a really big deal. Right. And I don't want to diminish that, you know, that was part of the reason that I took it. And so I, I see like bringing like academic excellence to a place where, you know, they're struggling with fractions, mm-hmm. you know, as portrayed in the movie. Like I, I get all of that, but then it's also just like, I don't know, like, is the moral of the story? Like if you make kids go to Saturday school and summer school, they can pass a test. You know, you can't really get anyone who's less excited about AP courses than me. However, I do sometimes take, give one exception, which is in schools in which there is really no other option for real academic rigor in that school and mm-hmm. where a standardized test is the only way that that students are going to be seen with some level of equity against other students in the country. And I think the actual teaching of those courses, I'm not interested in them. I think you're absolutely right. They leave very little room or space for creativity, for application, for going anywhere beyond the next (laughs) page in the textbook and just learning the content. And 
you know, in a, in an inner city school like Garfield, where you have to prove everything. And of course we can talk about what these kids had to do to actually prove that they knew calculus. Um, you know, the AP is one measure that no one can really debate except in the, in this case in which they (laughs) actually debated their AP scores. Right. 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 Yeah. But yeah, I I agree. And, and one of the interesting things actually looking at, I had Apple Maps up kind of throughout this movie. I taught a number of adjunct courses for University of Laverne, and they actually contracted out with East LA College, um, ELAC. And it's just like three miles north, you know? So I was actually looking at all the different places. Um, you know, my, my wife introduced me to a great Mexican restaurant right off of Soto. Um, and so, you know, like actually trying to imagine like, oh, you know, we would take it's LA. So I'm going to add a, the, to all the freeways, right. You know, we would, we would come in and take the 10 and then go South off Soto. And then we'd actually like, if we wanted to get to, to East LA college, you know, you'd come down the 60 and then cut just up. If we went just South and we would end up at uh, Garfield high or Roosevelt high where they mm-hmm. filmed it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's, it's all very close. So I was, I was able to actually, you know, imagine kind of what that would look like. That's cool. That's um, cool. Yeah. Fun fact also, by the way, it, uh, it took about four years of working at Garfield before calculus actually was started yeah. being taught, right? So the the whole timeline was actually pretty compressed. Yeah, yeah. Um, and all all their summer classes were actually at East LA College at ELAC. Oh. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah, it took him a long time to get the program up and running. It didn't take it very long, however, for once he left for the the program to go into pretty steep decline, right? And so, sure, sure. But, you know, it just goes to show that sometimes, you know, maybe a personality, a cult of personality, isn't actually mm-hmm. in the long run, you know, what a what a school wants or needs because it becomes right, so right. dependent on that charismatic person who can really hold that program. So it's mm-hmm. interesting. Sure. Well, and then I think about, you know, I, I wonder if maybe now is the time to talk about the the big theme of kind of teacher yeah. as martyr. Sure. Right. You know, so in the movie, you know, Jaime Escalante ends up having a heart attack. In real life, it was a gallbladder, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he ended up um, dying pretty early, you know. And so, you know, yes, you can get students to to pass AP calculus in record numbers, which, you know, is, is quite a feat. But, you know, kind of to to what end? Like, is it worth teachers sacrificing themselves, you know, sacrificing mm-hmm. their families, their summers, their Saturdays, you know, and in, in this case, you know, ultimately his life? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that we're we're too often able to to put that on to teachers to say, you know, like you are the one responsible for saving these kids. Mm-hmm. The idea of teachers martyrs definitely in line with, you know, the the whole idea of saviorism. That, you know, we have these inner city kids, you know, students yeah. of color that need saving. Right. And it's only through our main character that they can actually be saved. Um, you know, so definitely kind of thematically, I think that's one of the things that they hit us over the head with pretty hard. They're just like, I don't, I'm not a fan of, of saviorism movies. So what do you do, though, if that's, that it, that is maybe part of the truth, though, of this movie, right? Because sure, sure. I mean, I, I, Mark and I actually went back and forth on this. We watched it together last night. And he had the very same reaction that you did, you know, Oh, it's another savior movie. And I said, well, it's different than say um, Michelle Pfeiffer and dangerous minds. We've got the white woman swooping in to save the poor people of color. You know, it wasn't nothing like that. He was really, he's from Bolivia. He comes in, he works with these students. He really sees them as humans. He sees them. He cares about them. He knows them as individuals and they 
they grow under his mentorship. So that could be the other narr- narrative. I'm not saying that one or the other, but I, I sort of wonder because it's a true story, you know, is it less of a savior and more of a mentorship and really empowerment story? I don't know. It's a good question. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if they could have actually written it that way or maybe if it were made today, if that might be mm. an angle they would take. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I'm inclined to think that it really was him coming in, swooping in and saving the day. Um, you know, certainly because we, you know, I read that it's, you know, 90% accurate. Um, so it feels like that's kind of the the narrative that actually mm-hmm. happened. But then just like, really, do we need to make a movie about that? Of, you know, these poor Hispanic students that need saving. Um, that's where it's just like, I don't know. But that's mm-hmm. also where I really liked you know, like the, the pressure, the final year where they're actually in calculus, mm-hmm. right? They sign the contracts, you know, I'll show up early for school, I'll stay late, I'll do Saturdays. And then we actually see like our students' lives starting to fall apart, right? You know, we see Angel and his grandma, um, you know, Poncho and the, the problem, mm-hmm. I wrote the problem on the board. What does that mean? Oh, oh, where well, he can't do the problem. Oh, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and he, he just, he completely <laughs> loses it. I've been with you guys two years. Everybody knows I'm the dumbest. I can't handle calculus. These guys have a better chance of making the AP test without me. Yeah, the chalkboard. Yes, and the chalkboard. And Escalante really just does not tolerate him at all. He's really hard on him. Um, Really tears him apart. But of course, you know, this film is also filled with just such deep, deep racism. Racism again from of the teachers against the students and of course the final bit in which these students finally take the AP exam they pass and then they're told nope your errors are too similar you must have cheated we're, t- we're revoking your scores and the racism that you see at the beginning of the movie comes from the teachers who don't believe these kids can do it. You can't teach logarithms to illiterates. Look, these kids come to us with barely a seventh grade education. That just plays out over the course of the film down to the end when they do pass the exam. And uh, Andy Garcia, who plays Ramirez, says, you know, it's racism if I call him on it and it's racism if I don't. Right, which is uh, not a good answer. And it's just like the college board police. Who, who are they? <laughs> the strangest job. Just like hanging out in this giant boardroom. Apparently, they just go and, around. Yeah, check on kids, make their lives miserable. Right, right. <laughs> Apparently, Andy Garcia actually was originally cast as one of the students and then wanted to switch to this horrible character. I don't even know yeah, why you would want to uh, play that character. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah, mm-hmm. I do love that they actually named it. You know, this wouldn't have happened if they didn't have Spanish surnames. It's like, yep. Yeah. Yeah. And that's still around and happens all the time. Mm-hmm. It's so deep. Yeah. It's so deep. And of course, then they they do. They take it again and uh, and they pass. And they pass. Yay. And it's so yeah. exciting. <laughs> yeah. But then it ends. And this actually part, I have a little vomit emoji in my oh, notes yeah. that it ends with the test scores as though like. That's what makes a successful student and that's what makes a successful teacher, Mm -hmm. right? Like that for sure was like, that's what they wanted to leave the audience with. Just so you know, 
these kids passed and the next year more passed and the next year more passed a test aren't they smart for passing that test mm-hmm. right like it 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 takes so many of these kind of bigger themes and and for me like really like narrows it down to the simplest thing of like passing a standardized test right right, right? and it's like ah if that's the if that's the best we can do with these kids, you know? <laughs> right? Then what are we what are we doing? Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, it's I mean, it's also great again that they do pass it. You know, but I I wish you know maybe we just jump right into our rewind right now. You know, I, I wish it had ended back with those students. You know, I think they did such a great job with a handful of these students seeing, you know, like earlier on. I'm not sure if I can do the program at my grandma or the restaurant, uh, you know, or my car or my friends. And then we see kind of in the middle when they all kind of fall apart right before the the final test. And then, you know, we're like, oh, they're going to pass. Like their lives are falling apart. And then they pass. And then they pass a second time. And then it would have been great if we had gone on that trajectory Mm -hmm. and seen them. You know, I don't know that it needs to have, you know, them 10 years later with like a freeze frame. We end up seeing Angel ends up running his own aerospace engineering (laughs) corporation. Anna ends up starting... Her own restaurant. Restaurants, right? <laughs> or her dad works for her. <laughs> right, you know, like that 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 would have I don't know, that feels too much like I don't know, like a lesson you know, some like naked gun movie or yeah. something, or like the freeze frame at the end. Um like not that. I don't know what it would have been, but just I don't know. It it left a, a vomity taste in my mouth with mm-hmm. it just ending with the test scores. Um, cause for me that, that meant that the movie was ultimately about the test scores and not about the students. And like, that's, that's what we care about. Right. Well, the other thing that I, I had to pick a rewind, I'm not sure it's, this yeah. really counts as a rewind, but maybe being a little bit more honest about the test that the students actually took at the end. And apparently there were students, I wouldn't say it was cheating. There was like a question that they had circulated some answer to. They didn't supposedly need that answer. Like they all knew it. And it was not really actually the answer that caused them to, to be sort of called on cheating, whatever. But apparently there was a little bit of academic dishonesty. And I, and I wonder if introducing that a little bit would have given the movie a little bit more nuance because I do agree that one of the, the, the math department chair says, Mr. Escalante, You put these kids under an awful lot of pressure. They would have gone to any lengths to please you. You know, that might have been the case. There might have been some of that for them. And I think that would have been a little bit more of sort of an interesting twist, which is actually, yeah, they knew the material. They didn't need to cheat. They could have passed it. But the pressure that was being put on them by this teacher was real. Sure, sure. And they felt like they had to. I would have loved to see that too. Yeah, I think I would have liked that. And I actually would have liked to see like what happened to a few of these kids after like they took, they got the AP calculus test. Did it change the trajectory of their lives? Like how sure, was the long-term right. impact of that? <laughs> yeah. In the sequel stood and delivered. <laughs> I love it. Still begging to be made. <laughs> we could do well. I mean, we, we could write it. Right. Aren't they doing that with Top Gun two? That's eventually going to be released. They actually Someday. just follow it like in real time. You know, it's, <laughs> 40 years later by the time it's going to be released. Yeah. Actually seeing, you know, Maverick's career 35 years later. Yeah. And he's actually aged 35 years. You know, I think that that's, 
I don't know, that, that I think that's going to be interesting. If that starts to become a, a thing that movies do is actually take the characters in real time, you know, mm-hmm. for as horrible as a lot of the show was. Like, I love the premise of actually Cobra Kai <laughs> oh, when they did that so same great. exact thing, <laughs> right? So there was great. so much that was so good. Yeah. Um, and I feel like they just didn't think there'd ever be a second season. And they're just like, let's just kind of do the same thing. <laughs> is that an idea for season one? I love that it, it actually went in real time. So we actually see Daniel and Johnny you know, 30 years later and where their lives at afterwards. So and Elizabeth Shue's character too. Don't forget. I know, I know. Forget. That yeah. part was fantastic seeing her in season two. <laughs> when she came in, I was like, this this is awesome. They really, they yeah. did it right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, I mean, what was your final feeling about this movie? You know, it's funny. You, you, I mean, you don't seem to be in love with it. Yeah, no, I was, I was not in love with it. I mean, so many of our 80s movies that, are about schools are just like a bunch of white people, you know, like all the John Hughes movies, you know, so I, I really appreciated actually seeing a little bit of culture, yeah. some people of color, mm-hmm. you know, like a, a different world, like a different spotlight mm-hmm. where, um, you know, it wasn't just, you know, as South Park so eloquently puts it just the token person, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Let's just name the character a token. Cool. We have one black cartoon character. Yeah. Right. Um, it was definitely not that, you know, it actually featured, you know, the the Hispanic community, um, so I like really like that and appreciate that and feel that it was um, pretty far ahead of its time for that. Mm-hmm. You know, particularly with all those '80s movies that were just not yeah. that at all. Um, you know, I, I don't think they did too much of an injustice against kind of the the stereotypes. You know, you definitely had Angel as the the cholo, right? But it he definitely was not over the top. It was not a caricature. Um, you know, I, I, and Lou Diamond Phillips is just such a, an extraordinary actor. I love him. Right? Love him. Um, that it, it, it felt authentic. You know, it didn't feel like a parody in mm-hmm. any way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I, I think that that in a way that you know, '80s movies really could have done a really bad job of that. They did like a really good job of all of that. Um, but I just kind of fundamentally like looking at raising a teacher up to save people and raising a teacher up to push them past their breaking point. Just like, I don't know. I'm not a fan of those stories. And yeah. I don't think we need to be sharing those stories. Especially in the days of uh, uh, the, the days that we're in right now, where teachers are just really, right? really fried and worn out for, for all the, Absolutely. all the reasons. Yeah. Right. I, I hear what you're saying. And I still love the story of teachers who inspire students, because I do think sure. that when, you ask people in their lives, like what has gotten them to a certain point. Many people point to teachers um, and really do say, you know, this person made a huge difference in my life. They introduced me to a book I would have never read. They introduced me to a, a topic I never read. They really pushed me to think and I never had that experience. And so, you know, I do wonder, like, once again, is it savior or is it someone who really is um, a, a motivator and a, and a mentor? So, Sure, sure. You know, I'm even thinking back like to my AP calculus teacher, you know, and in the month before the test, we had Saturday classes, you know, we were in there like 9am to noon. Um, <laughs> yeah. hope you know, you did we well definitely, on that AP, Bill. I hope you did well. Right. I did. I got a four. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> I did. And I, and I actually got credit for it, which doesn't happen often these days. Yeah. So yeah, I started in calculus too, and it was actually all review for me. 
um, and then got to calculus four pretty quickly and was like, this is kind of boring because I don't know why I'm doing this. Um, but I, I remember, you know, the camaraderie of like, we're studying for this really hard test, mm -hmm. you know, like the, the belief in us that we could really do it. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and just like the, the kind of structure to like really push ourselves. There's definitely no upsides to it. Mm -hmm. You know, as much as I had, um, poo pooed the, uh, the AP format, you know, like we, we were definitely like a group of people, um, doing a pretty intense thing, you know, and to be able to pull that off with 17 and 18 year olds, um, you know, is, is a pretty cool thing, you know, so to be able to see a teacher do that and you see that dramatized, you know, I get it, but then also like he ends up dying, <laughs> you know, he works himself to death. Well, yeah. So, yeah. And, and actually yeah. gets, really gets fired in real life from mm -hmm. Garfield. I mean, they eventually basically eject him and say, you know, what you're doing is your, your unconventional methods are really no longer welcome here. And yeah. he basically really in, in, in real, in real life, um, really loses his status. Yeah. As my first grader would say, peace out. Peace out. <laughs> <laughs> he does that now. I don't know where that came from. <laughs> That's awesome. All right. So, yeah. Hey, we have, we finished, I think we finished an episode. Yeah. I'm so excited because I feel like we have a whole season ahead of us. We do. We've planned out almost every movie for this entire season. I'm super excited. And I feel like um, I have been going to schools in person again. And people have been asking me, like, when's the next Heads Down, Two Thumbs Up coming? And I said, it's coming. We're going to do it. We're going to do it this year. We're going to do it right. So we yeah. should be releasing a, move, uh, a podcast, I hope, almost every month this year. Yeah. So that's our plan. It's going to be good. Yeah. Should you we wanna, tease any? Well, first of all, before yes. we tease the episode, I just want everyone to know that if you're flying on Delta Airlines in the next month, uh, Stand and Deliver is on Delta Airlines. So you can watch it for free and then write us and tell us what you think. Or of course, you can probably watch it for free from home as well. But if you happen to be on a plane on Delta, you can watch it. <laughs> yeah, I ended up finding it on HBO. Oh, HBO good. Max. Yeah, I think up next, let's actually just tease our next episode and then share the rest of the season, right? So yeah. up next, we're going to be uh, listening to... Wax on, right hand. Wax off, left hand. Wax on, wax off. Breathe in through nose, out the mouth. Well, that'll be great because we might even be able to delve a little bit into that TV show. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We'll talk about Cobra Kai again. Right after that, we'll be yeah. talking about, you know, we have Top Gun, D.R. Van Hansen, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. It's going to be amazing. Yeah. You know, we haven't done a very contemporary one. So something that's going to be hot off the presses. So if you haven't seen the the play, Dear Evan Hansen, the musical, the Broadway musical, it's coming out as a film. And so this will be a moment for us to all watch something brand new together and talk about it. Nice. <laughs> nice. From the 20s. <laughs> <laughs> Not as my kids call it from the 1900s. <laughs> One of those old timey movies from the 1900s. Well, all right, Bill, this was super fun. Thanks so much. Yeah. Thank you. 